I'm sure that many of you are already aware that there's been an awareness or a movement that started years ago. You can see this article is from 2013 and it had 293,000 shares. So uh, if you're watching this video, I'm sure a lot of you have heard about this, but I wanna start out here anyway, talking about the change in the music industry, changing from 432 hertz, which was the natural organic A, to a 440 hertz. So now there's a movement where people are saying, run your music through a converter and convert it back because you really can't tell the difference. It doesn't change the music enough sound-wise, just superficially sound-wise that you'd say, oh, that doesn't sound like the same song now, but it does change the underlying, those tones, how they affect your mood, how they affect your depression, how they affect you know all sorts of things. They even affect your DNA. They affect the water molecules in your body. They affect many things scientifically and biologically. So you can maintain the integrity of the song and de-weaponize it. Because many people realize now that until the late 1930s, which, hmm, that was the same time that World War II was, was cooking up and the same time that the Nazis were doing all of this research and everything. So it's no coincidence that that was the exact era that they began weaponizing music and they changed it to 440 hertz. Somehow, even though technically World War II had already started because uh, Nazi Germany had already invaded Poland, but somehow they were able to overlook their differences and come together on this music conference and all the nations in Europe simultaneously changed over and started having all their symphonies and everything play in the 440 hertz and tune all instruments and all the music stores and everything that, from the 440 hertz. And of course we know the propaganda minister, everybody was set up by the Rothschilds and you know, we know all of this, we understand all of this, but for some reason we don't seem to be taking this seriously that there is weaponized music and every one of our children and adults have these earbuds in that are retuning their brains for destruction, the entire Western world. And then by 1953, it became the ISO 16 standard. So I wanna talk about that a little bit and even take it further and show you how the occult has indeed systematically used the music industry for mind control with frequencies as well as just the social and the peer pressure and, and all of that. And I wanna take it through all of the stages from the 1940s to the 1950s to the Vietnam War era into the 1970s, into the raves and everything now and how the deep state CIA have used these psychotronic weapons in the music industry and how they are directly related to the deep state occult practices and the Luciferian practices and that they've done this wittingly. They have literally weaponized the music industry and the actual music frequencies. You just have to go out into the street and take a look around. What do you see? School kids, young adults, on their way to work, and what do they all have in common? iPods or MP3 players? Ingenious, isn't it? They are successfully lowering the vibrations of not only the young generation, but the rest of us as well. These destructive frequencies entertain the thoughts towards destruction, this harmony and this unity. Through the ages in which classical music was tuned to 432 hertz, 
This frequency is said to be synonymous with organic projections from nature, human beings being a projection, of course, of nature. So 432 Hz was the frequency in which instruments pre-1939, again, for the most part, was used in Europe and around the world. But that all changed in 1939, when an international conference held in London recommended strongly that the world frequency at least in regards to tuning instruments, be changed to 440 Hz. After this date, the BBC, among many others around the world, required their orchestras to tune to 440 Hz. This slowly changed the tuning mechanics, now being used as an industrial standard, to 440 Hz. A major change from the organic 432 Hz to the 440 Hz. Only 14 years later, in 1955, 440 Hz became the standard that was adopted by industrial standards worldwide. The question people are now asking is, was there a more sinister reason for the change? Since a number of researchers have stated that people feel differently under the long-term influence of music and broadcasts at 440Hz than they actually do at the natural organic broadcast of 432Hz. So let's go over just a few of the scientific implications of these numbers. If you've watched my channel before, you know I'm always talking about uh, frequencies and how the dimensions, you know, physicists have discovered that there actual are other dimensions. And the Bible has long told us that. We've known that forever. We call them spiritual realms, but now the physicists confirm that. They just call them dimensions. I'm not going to go into all that right now because I've done several videos on it. Before the purposes of this video, I want to talk about the math and frequencies in respect to music. Like I discussed in all those videos, that these frequency dimensions come in octaves, like a rainbow. So this math could be described as music. The matrix, the creation that we live in, could be described as a song or the word of God. And as with any song, people who play music and can read music, they know you have to keep time. You keep time. So this frequency range of music, which used to be 432, is now being changed to 440. So it could be said that someone is changing time. Someone's messing with time. And of course, we know who that someone is or those of us who are awake know who that someone is. The Bible describes it in Daniel 7, around, I think it's verse 25. It's the Antichrist, right here. And he shall speak blasphemies against the Most High God, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and shall think to change times and laws. And people in times past, before we saw technologies like we have today, understanding what CERN is doing and already having broken the sound barrier and all of these things, you know, they, they're like, oh, times are changing, right? He's just trying to change political laws or whatever. But that's not what this verse is talking about. It's talking about this Antichrist is trying to change time and laws. Laws in that word is like the laws of God, the laws of the universe. Like you might say the law of gravity. It's a law. Side note to you flat earthers, just for the record, I believe in buoyancy and the density of atomic matter. 
So you guys will know what I'm talking about with that. But for the sake of being able to communicate to the masses, it's like the law of gravity. It doesn't matter. God's laws, the laws of the universe are law. It doesn't matter if you believe in them or not. God's law is law. The laws of physics are laws. If you jump off a 60-story building, it doesn't matter if you believe in the law of gravity or not. You'll believe it when you hit the sidewalk because it's a law. So when God warns you and God gives us the laws and the Holy Bible to protect us, when he said breaking these laws will lead to death, the wages of sin are death, he's, he's trying to protect you. He's being a father. Like a father says, don't stick your hand in the fire because you'll get burned. And then you stick your hand in the fire and you get burned and you say, oh, why didn't God, why'd God do this to me? No, God didn't do this to you. God has told us these are the laws. Here's the Ten Commandments. Here are the laws. These things lead to death. These things lead to prosperity, abundance, joy, happiness, peace. And yet we choose to say, well, I don't believe in God. So, you know, when, hit, when you hit the sidewalk, you're going to believe. And folks, the sidewalk's coming. It's time to wake up. But I digress. The point is, is that here's a Bible verse right here that says the Antichrist is trying, thinking to change time and the, these laws. He's messing with the laws of physics. He's messing with time. And if you jump up a couple of sentences, it says exactly who this is. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth. The fourth Reich. That's the fourth Reich. We already saw the third Reich. They didn't succeed. The deep state, the Illuminati, they gave it their best try. You know, Hitler was a Rothschild. We know all this. So they tried that and it didn't work. And we had World War II and we fought them off. But for those of you who have followed this, those of you in the truth movement and even those in QAnon, they've even been through this. You know that the Nazi theology, the Nazi regime, the Fourth Reich is rising again. We call it the deep state or the cabal. And you can see here, when you talk about, you go back to the Hebrew, and every Hebrew letter is also a number. It doubles as a number, and they have meanings. And the number four essentially means door or a gate, a doorway, open door, gate, stargate. It's a four, it's a door. So by them changing this to a 440 frequency, they're obviously opening some gate. And you can see the countdown when it's related to time. These numbers, see, all of it, this is mathematics. If you studied the 369, well, Len Horowitz has some great videos on that. Please go check that out. But anyway, when they change it to 440 hertz, then it's, they're dragging you down. It's a countdown, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. So they're bringing you down, 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 down. That's time. That's time running out. Now, at the 432 hertz, the original, everything adds up to God's number. Everybody knows nine is completion. That's the simultaneous reality. And the number of Christ is eight, which is also the infinity symbol. So they've taken us from God's creation of 432 that can be seen mathematically perfect the whole time. The Trinity squared, right? Three times three is nine. The Trinity squared. I'm not just saying that from a hippy-dippy new age point of view. I'm talking math here. The speed of light, the square root of the speed of light is 432. 432. I'll do it right here in front of you. 432 squared. 
186,624 miles per second. That's the speed of light. So again, we know everything's made of light. We know that God is light. We have the Trinity squared, the nine, the 432 squared is the speed of light. This is the original. You know, nine, right? Nine, the golden ratio, all of creation, number nine, God, the golden ratio. And you know how the cabal and the occult do it. They flip it upside down and they're the six, the number of man, the number of the antichrist, the six, the, you know, the six, six, six. You see, in the original language, in Adam's language, in the Hebrew, numbers, letters, the written language were pictographs, much like we still see in the hieroglyphics of Egypt and stuff. But over the years, they became just symbols, lines and stuff, but they were actual pictures. They were pictographs. So the number nine, this golden ratio, that's the reason it's a number nine. And the same way, the reason why Christ is seated at God's right hand, the number right next to nine is eight, and that's the infinity symbol. Everything means something. And the occult, they know that. You know, they invert everything. They flip it upside down. Everything is backwards and upside down to them. To the occult mystery schools, this is how they would, they would invert the golden ratio, and they would show it this way so that it would be a six. Of theirs. I've got your six. 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 And this is what they're doing to retune us. They are literally retuning our DNA. So when we're talking about the speed of light and the speed of light squared, it's no small matter, pardon the pun, because if you understand basic physics, then you understand that energy equals mass times the speed of light squared, or at least that's what they tell us. Although the standard model is massively flawed. The reason, the reason why we have all this chaos and imaginary numbers and all this complexity is because they have to overcomplicate things because they can't really understand it. But it's really very simple. Speed of light squared in this dimension, just in this dimension, this is the frequency range of detectable matter for us from where we are in our perspective. And those wavelengths change exponentially, very simply exponentially, just like the 432 Hertz that we're talking about right now in the natural music resonance is the square root of C. And of course they know this, that's why they're blocking that. That's why they've changed the frequency from the 432 and they're retuning our brains to the 440 so we cannot put things together mentally which i'll show you the science on that in just a second it's amazing okay but let's stay right here for now so cern is trying to break the speed of light just like we've broken the sound barrier and we have jets that can move faster than the speed of sound now cern has said that they're able to make these particles travel faster than the speed of light. The speed of light only being the speed of light in this dimension, which is why it's not making sense to them, which if you go on in the article, they say, scientists said on Thursday, they recorded particles traveling faster than light, a finding that could overturn one of Einstein's fundamental laws of the universe. And see, like I just said, it's not that it overturns anything that we know already. It's just that this, that's the speed of light in our 
dimension, in our frequency range. So, you know, scientists have, because they believe in evolution, they can't think big at all. They have these little tiny narrow minds and they're the pinnacle of all life forms that came from this pond scum. So they think that the, the speed of light that they've detected for this dimension, for this world we're in, is the speed of light. And when in fact, it's only the frequency range of our particular world, which clearly is not heaven, clearly is not the highest frequency range, the highest uh, world. Okay, let's take a look at a couple of experiments showing the impact that these frequencies have on say water molecules or particles in a chymatics experiment or even on plant life. Now this is a widely known phenomenon in regards to sound and how it affects particles. But at least here we can see a difference between the two frequencies. As noted, 432 Hertz appears less broken, more symmetrical, while the frequency at 440 Hertz seems more broken and more distorted. The effects this would have on the human being over a long period of time is of course unknown. But if we use logic and scientific principle, we can note that because there is a measurable change and a visual one, that there must be indeed a change to humans. After all, humans are physical creatures. Because of course the human body is made up of 70% or more of in fact water. So would this effect have an actual change within the physiology itself if the frequency has such a different change within water itself? Well, here is one experiment that someone performed. Take a look. But if there is a measurable difference in plant growth, at least if we're using logic, and there's a difference within visual evidence in regards to particles and frequency, as you can see here, then is there a difference? Well, most likely there is a difference. Now there's a couple of things I want to break in and point out right here. First of all, in the chymatics experiments, that, like he mentioned, that the lines were broken. There was an actual disruption. Now, the clip I'm going to play next is going to talk about that. They've done other scientific experiments where they have beamed these different frequencies or actually played music to two different groups and then had them try to categorize objects. Like, could they put pieces of a puzzle together? Could they, given a list of objects, could they group them? Like, oh, these are all vegetables, or these are all tools, or these, are, you know, could they make sense of what they were seeing? And that could they put things together? So there's an actual psychological study that backs up the bare science of the chymatics of the frequency experiment there. Secondly, I want to point out something that pertains to the video that I'm working on now that will go up next week, but I want to get your brain thinking on this. Notice how when the 440 hertz is introduced into this water, doesn't this look like the sun? Doesn't this, I mean, think about it. Think about the images of our sun, but look at this and the movement and the flow of this. 
because I'm working on a video right now about the true nature of our sun. What is our sun really? And what are the stars really? And spirit orbs, we see them in small form. We see spirit orbs all the time. Ghost hunters get pictures of them all the time. We see what we call, quote unquote, UFOs, these massive orbs, the, the size of basketballs, the size of a car, the size. We see these orbs in all different sizes in our environment. And the records left by our ancient ancestors have a whole different explanation of what these luminaries are. So I thought I'd just toss this out, food for thought, since we were talking about introducing frequency, sound frequency, into water, and this is the effect that it produces. And we know that coming from all of the stars above us are harmonics. We can detect the harmonics. And that's why, because they're different frequency ranges, we can say, you know, that's a blue star, that's a red star, that's a white star, that type of thing. So, food for thought. Okay, let's move on. The Scientific American article from 2014 discusses how music changes the way you think and encourages literally different frames of mind. And it starts out basically talking about the arrangement of music and the particular scales that are used. Hum the first two notes of the Simpsons theme song. If you're not a Simpsons fan, then Maria from West Side Story will also do. The music interval you're hearing, the pitch gap between the notes, is known as a tritone, and it's commonly recognized in music theory as one of the most dissonant intervals, so much so that composers and theorists in the 18th century dubbed it Diabolus in Musica, Devil in Music. Is it possible that hearing such isolated musical components could change the way you think? And they go on to describe a study that suggests that indeed it could very much change the way you think. The specific thing they found in the study was what they say is a relatively new theory known as construal level theory. Joaquin Hansom and Johan Melsner in the Journal of Experimental Social Psychology played them a short, stripped-down piece of music consisting of a series of alternating chords. Some people heard chords including the tritone, others heard the perfect fifth. They asked them to take a list of shopping items and organize them into groups. You know, they would see whether they thought of detergent and paper towels as the same category. But the tritone people form fewer categories than the perfect fifth people. And this book, The Sacred Sounds, Transformation Through Music and Word, it has a list of responses to musical harmonies that have been figured out over the years. And a lot of these meanings are also symbolic. They've even been used ritualistically, magically, and they talk about how the perfect octave, I think basically the middle C, it has a feeling of rest. There's a union between the male and the female sides. The fifth, which is a G and a C, stimulates feelings of movement and power of new life coming forth a specific sense of rebirth, whereas the third, which has an E and a C, awakens compatibility and resonance, and it has a quote, magical quality to storytelling and embellishment, whatever that means. The fourth has an F and a C, and it announces something new. It specifically hints at an entrance. It awakens feelings of being controlled. It touches at the heart and rings it, but it can make some people feel uneasy. The seventh, which has a B and a C, awakens feelings of distance and the need to resolve things. It creates anticipation and drama and the need for direction. And there's also the minor third with an E flat to a C. 
It specifically carries sadness and depression and a, a vagueness of direction and disharmony and so forth and so on. These modes were all worked out back in the Greece days, back with Pythagoras, and then many of them were picked up again by the church, but several of them were not used very often because either they had a taboo quality to them or they were only appropriate for very specific purposes. And so a lot of stuff ended up just coming out in the basic major and minor key. And a lot of these other modes were forgotten over the past couple hundred years up until the rise of rock music in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and so forth. There's also Aeolian mode. It's a minor scale, very much associated with soulful, passionate appeals to the gods, to meditation, calming, soothing, healing, and every way associated with midnight and moon magic and symbolic energy. Uh, the scale starts with A, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A. And this is identified in songs like Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin, Achilles' Last Stand, also by Led Zeppelin, Black Magic Woman by Santana, All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix or Bob Dylan, take your pick, R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion, Fleetwood Mac's Rhiannon, Metallica's Nothing Else Matters, Black Sabbath's Paranoid, Sweet Dreams, The Eurythmics, or the Marilyn Manson version, Sarah McLachlan, Building a Mystery, so the stuff is still in use. Uh, one of the more suppressed modes, again until the recent explosion of music, is Phrygian mode. This one's associated with the pre-dawn and Venus energy, and it's considered sensual and sultry. Uh, it's associated with Latin, Gypsy, and Flamenco sounds, and it's very sad and lamenting. It evokes uh, lost love, and it also raises passions and sexual energy. So that's a very powerful type. It starts with E, E, F, G, A, B, C, D, E. This is found in Hallmark songs like Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit, The Pyramid Song by Radiohead, Surfer Girl by The Beach Boys, the Doctor Who theme song, the song Hoodoo by Muse, especially the intro, Pink Floyd's Set the Controls for the Heart of the Sun, Philip Glass's composition Satyagraha. Finally, there's the Locrian mode, which was pretty much banned and suppressed throughout uh, because it's known for being very dissonant, very discordant. And the dissonant tritone, known as a diminished fifth, very much is a controversial kind of music. It's considered that it doesn't stand on its own at all. It's very rarely used in an entire piece, but when it is used, it brings about an accent of disharmony. And it's associated uh, very much in a morning star kind of way with twilight, the time between night and day, and with mercury, magical, symbolic energy. The scale starts with a B, B, C, D, E, F, G, A, B. And in medieval times, this was the one that was thought to be of the devil, associated with witchcraft, said to be used to create portals. It's really very rarely used, but there's been a few examples. Metallica and I think Black Sabbath have brought it out just to have that kind of devilish tone to it, probably. Wherever I May Roam by Metallica and also Inner Sandman used this very rare mode. The band Stroke put out a song called Juicy Juice, not just for a general sense of emotion, but for very specific usages. This stuff is proving, even in modern times, to be very powerful, to have specific neural effects, and to literally aid in actual mind control. So don't take it for granted. As always, all of the links will be below. That clip was from Truthstream Media. That is an awesome documentary. I'll put the link for the, for the full documentary. I hope you do go and watch it.
I've also used a few clips from like a Plain Truth, Outer Darkness, Galactic News, uh, different places like that. I'll put all the links below as always. Now this clip is a clip of John Todd. Many of you have heard of him. He's an ex-Illuminati whistleblower who came out and he talked about the occult practices in the music industry when he was there and how back then when they had eight tracks and everything, they would burn a master copy in the recording studio. And he talked about them taking it into these occult rituals and actually attaching spirits to it on top of everything they were doing with the frequencies, which again goes into the 4-4 open door type uh magic if you will so we don't know what's going on but they are using these occult sciences on us so here's his testimony about what was going on all the way back in the 70s and during the vietnam era i wished i had a half hour to talk about the worst thing that the occult world ever planned out and carried out and if you want to believe they're garbage that it's all right and you want to forget things like kiss saying that their real name is kings and satanic service and that rock music is actually satanic spells being cast and being planned by the Satanist church, and that's a direct quote, then you go right on ahead. Right now, the Manson, one of the Manson family girls is in trial, and she said the number one thing that the occult world used to brainwash them was Beatle music and rock music. If you want to leave it in your home, I won't go into details why you can't, but if you want to leave it in your home and all the demons that it attracts, fine. If you want your kids to buffalo you, that it's all right. But I recommend you go home today, get a cardboard box, and break the records, and burn those covers, and get it out of your home. And you'd be surprised at how fast your kids come around after they finish throwing their two-year-old tantrum. But I wish that I had the time more on rock music, but believe me, it is the work carefully planned out in the occult world. We spent $8 million to produce Jesus rock music and pay the man who started it named Chuck Smith just because Christians were destroying rock music and we were afraid that it would be banned from the Christian church. So we carefully put it in the form of Christian rock music. So if they would spend $8 million to keep rock music in your hands, then the hardcore rock must be even worse. And it is. I was the manager of Zodiac Productions, which Zodiac Productions' name's been changed since then. I'm not even sure what to call it now, but it's the largest music conglomerate in the world. It owns RCA Records, Columbia Records, Motown Records, owns almost all the concert booking agencies in the United States. And that's not even the, the name of the company that owns it. The name of the company that owns it is Brenner Enterprises. And Brenner Enterprises is owned by Chase Manhattan. Chase Manhattan's owned by Standard Oil, and Standard Oil's owned by the Lords of London. You can track it all back. You kind of get the idea after a while. But I was the managing president of Zodiac Productions. It was one of my jobs as being one of these 13 people. Thus, I got to know many of the people who produce music and sing the music and play the music that you play. The master is a tape about as big as the top of this podium that looks like an overgrown eight track that the album is cut on and is placed in a machine that produces and presses the records and the eight tracks and cassettes that you buy. After it's been recorded, it's taken in. This is why a master's cut months in advance before it's released. On the full moon, it's taken in to a temple room about the size of this auditorium that is in every one of the major music companies behind locked doors up in the executive offices. And it's placed on an altar sitting in the north of the room and a pentagram engraved in the floor. And 13 hand-chosen witches and witch wizards and a coven come in and conjure a principality or a power up, usually Regia or something like that, and order him to tell the demons under him 
to follow every record and every tape coming off of that master. As I tell many Christian parents, you can go home and count your kids' records, probably yours too, and count how many demons at least are there. If that's too hard for you to believe, I'm sorry. That's why they do it. Now listen to me. This is why rock music's addicting. Have you ever seen kids that got rid of their music, they go around like this. They can't wait to find a rock station somewhere and they sneak off just like getting a cigarette or a fix because it's addicting. That's why they can't give it up. The rest of the conversation was this. You can't cast a spell on a Christian, but you can get a Christian to cast a spell on themselves. If you give the permission for the spell to work, being a Christian won't block it. And rock music is not just a song. It is supernatural music that which is carefully designed by their spirit guides or familiar spirits in the form of spells. Now, although the devil's music's par is the music and God's music is the words, much of the songs are written in what we call witch language. Give you kind of an idea. You talk, many of you talk on the CB, unless you know what you, what a smoky is, and uh, a tin four, and uh, uh, a front door and back door and rocking chair and these type of things, you don't know what you're talking about. Same with witches. When you're in the first and second level, you have to learn over 2,000 words that said by anybody else means something totally different than when you say them. Elton John has said he's never written a song or sung a song that wasn't in which language. Now, I want to show you something. See how many kids in here, be honest, and adults. How many remember and have heard at least several times a song called Hotel California? Somebody tell me what it meant. Quickly, somebody tell me what it meant. Huh? That's pretty close. But from the words, what did it mean? Well, that's more of a guess. See, most people can't tell you. That's why when people do drugs and they listen to songs in which language, they get some of the meaning. But most of the time, they can't tell you. Stop and think how many songs are out there that you really like and you don't have any idea what the person was talking about. Now, to people who are still under the trance of this mainstream programming, that sounds ridiculous. So I just want to play this guy's testimony, and it was ridiculous to him. He, he was completely unsaved and had you know wasn't part of the truther movement like you said if you i'll put the link below his channel's Dreamcatcher. it was he posted this in 2015 but the point is he started having these spiritual experiences and he had an angel appear to him and got saved and all this stuff he ended up having to go to jail to get saved but the clip i want to show you guys is extremely interesting in light of the john todd testimony that we just heard I know the mainstream divides us against one another constantly, and so we don't listen to anybody else. Like, we only are allowed to listen to the mainstream, the professors, the people who broadcast on TV, like that narrative. And they don't want us to listen to anything outside of that official narrative. But if you actually start listening to people, you can put the puzzle pieces together and it all makes sense. And you can see that this stuff is real. Instead of looking at each other and looking at your neighbor and go, oh, you must be crazy, maybe we can just listen to one another. Because if we do, you'll see that here's two totals, John Todd, who nobody has seen alive in decades, saying one thing. And then this young man from this present decade who's never heard of John Todd or anybody and isn't even a Christian or anything. And he's having this experience that verifies exactly what John Todd said. I was just sitting there looking at the TV. And just so you all know, people that think like, wow, there's like a lot of subliminal stuff happening on TV that your eye doesn't catch is, there actually is. Like when I was in my subconscious or in my spirit back here in that part of your mind, I could see like really quick like McDonald's flashes, like 
just anything, like all kinds of advertising, super quick on the TV. It was so fast that I felt like I was going to have a seizure. Like every time a flash would hit, my head would hurt. Like it was like, it was, it was so painful. I know a lot of you guys believe that there's a lot of subliminal stuff in TV and movies and there is like, I don't know how to explain it, but I saw, I saw it happen. Like all the quick flashes, quick frames of advertising, you know, words, whatever they want to put on. We were all in a car driving to get his check. I was in my spirit again, like my body couldn't move, but like my spirit was like more alive than I've ever felt. And uh, my boss like turned on like this rap song on the radio, like Tech Nine or something. And I knew the song, but like it was like a ritual, and it was going like six, 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 six. It was like a background guy that just kept saying that. And then there was like this spiritual like he was like saying all these things that were causing the sky and like. All, everything around me to just like dance in this ritual and it was like super demonic like instantly my spirit knew that like there was it was really evil and bad and that I was like under attack basically in the song and in the clouds it was like a perfect mix the song was telling me like give it up like this is your one chance to like give out your soul get anything since that era, they've become quite a bit more overt. It's called externalizing the hierarchy. If you've read the books over the last centuries about this cabal and the witchcraft and the Crowleys and Madame Blavatsky and these people, these were the leaders who mentored the occultists in Nazi Germany. And they wrote about this. They outright said that they were going to externalize the hierarchy at one point and make it hell on earth like they they were going to make it out in the open and that's precisely what we see right now honestly all y'all motherfuckers going to hell right with me why the fuck is y'all on here if y'all think i saw my soul y'all coming right with me you dummies it just hit me do this favor do me a favor say his name extremely fast and then ask me what is it Lil Uzi Vert 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 and of course he has 4.1 million followers on Instagram 4.1 million souls